You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and... 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. <laughs> all right, everybody. We are... The only time that we have to record this podcast is while we are driving in a car because I've, we're on our way back from a South Dakota mule deer hunt and we're in uh, Dan's truck and I get a text from my wife that's like, uh, when are you coming home now uh, that you're coming back early to try to beat this storm? Uh, I got stuff to do and uh, Knox is being a pit bull. Which tells me that as soon as I walk into the door, I am going to get handed all the kids and all the responsibility, uh, and I'm coming. I'm even coming home three days early. Yeah, that happens. Yeah. <laughs> so we have to do this podcast while we are, while we are, uh, while we're driving here uh, on our way back to Iowa from uh, South Dakota, and uh, on the on the. Uh, uh, podcast with me today is Mr. Dan Spano and Dan is well I'm just going to let you introduce yourself and then I want you to tell us what do you do for a living yeah my name is Dan Spano I'm from New York I uh, manage an interstate batteries distribution center that my father owns and uh, been doing it for about 15 years or so it's been in our family about 50 years plus my grandfather and all that. So, yeah, it's been good to us so far. Hence, there's the connection with the interstate batteries right there. You know, the, the Sportsman's Nation uh, sponsorship and partnership goes through uh, you and your family. And uh, uh, we at Sportsman's Nation really appreciate that. Uh, some sappy stuff here. So thank you very much for uh, your support. But... You know, instead of doing the commercial at the front end of this episode, I just want you to kind of tell everybody real quick, like from the horse's mouth, what is Interstate Batteries as a company and what kind of products do you guys distribute? Yeah, so we do, majority of our business is the automotive branded batteries, like in your cars, your trucks, uh, uh, tractors, four-wheelers, all that jazz. Yeah. Um, We also supply... Um, you know, your cell phone batteries, uh, trail camera batteries. There's like 16,000 part numbers that we have access to that we can distribute throughout the nation. There's there's um, locations nationwide. Um, just Google interstate batteries and 
you find your local dealer or distributor or retail retail store and you're on your way yeah so when you say sixteen thousand different skews and we'll talk about the stuff that we use for hunting right uh, this weekend we used trail camera or uh, we didn't use trail cameras but we used uh range finders yep. right we yep. used headlamps you got batteries for all those things oh yeah you, we got an interstate battery in this truck that we're uh <laughs> that we're using i'm trying to look and see if there's and you're telling me they have interstate batteries for this cell phone too yeah so um Yes, yeah, so some stores have them. Um, it depends on your store location, but some stores are qualified to do cell phone repairs and all that. Our store in New York is not, but there's stores throughout the nation you can get your cell phone battery changed out, screen repairs done. It's more than just batteries that Interstate uh, provides to the consumers. So. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, so it's, yeah. a, it's a pretty old company, though. I mean, they've, you guys have been around. You and your family have been around for a long time, but the, the company as a whole has been around for a long time as well. Yeah, company's been around for, um, I believe it was mid-50s. I don't right. have to fact check that. But, yeah, some guy's uh, uh, back of his truck in Texas and uh, went from there. So I went from one guy to 300 distributors nationwide, and it's been a it's been a good business for us. That's awesome. Yeah. And it helps you, uh, your your grandfather, father, and uh, now you support a family. and. Uh, and now you get to go on some kick-ass hunting trips, right? <laughs> That's right. Right? That's it. That's it. Name of the game right there. So, you know, there's a whole story of how we met and uh, all this, uh, you know, working together on a, on a business uh, standpoint. But when I called you up one day and I said, Dan, how would you feel about going on a mule deer hunt with me? What was your, what was your thought at that exact moment? I don't know if that's going to be happening or not. <laughs> it's like one of those things where it's like um, you never expect it because you don't really expect it. Um, it just wasn't really in, in the cards, you know. I just never really thought of it. Um, but, yeah, but once that once that conversation happened, there was my initial reaction was yes. But, you know, you always got to ask my ask my wife and my family and make sure your, your work's in order and everything's in order. But it was... Um, it was unexpected, but it was, you know, it was awesome. It was yeah. cool. Yeah. So you're used to hunting New York, right? You're a, a whitetail hunter in New York. You bow hunt. Um, explain to me a little bit about the area of New York that you hunt and maybe talk about the caliber of deer and, you know, what gets you excited, uh, you know, throughout the year if a, a specific deer or a buck shows up or, and like, what do you walk away with every single year? Yeah, so like um, I live about an hour north of New York City. Um, that's where our, that's where our location is. But so if I need to go, I can hunt locally if I wanted to. But my, where I usually do the majority of my hunting is at my by my parents' house. It's up near Cooperstown, New York, about three hours away. Um, they got a good chunk of property up there, and it's, we've had that in our family for about um, probably twenty twenty five years or so. We've added on property here and there, but. Um, uh, what we're usually looking for is about three and a half years old or older. Yeah. Uh, my dad and I, we have not like a firm standard, but like eight point or over, just so you can get some age class and learn a little bit more about the animal than just a bunch of two-year-olds or one-year-olds walking around, you know. And, right. You know, I've shot my handful of, you know, spikes, four-pointers, all that stuff 
it's at the end of the day for my father and I and whoever goes with us, it's whoever makes you happy. Yeah. Um, and there's meat in the freezer and it's not, you know, spoiled or whatever. So, um, yeah, it's, um, yeah, bow hunting, uh, when bow season comes around, rifle season when it comes around, um, whatever floats your boat is what we're into. So, yeah. um, yeah. Yeah. So, um, the emphasis on meat and I'm going to fast forward just a hair and then come all the way back. I just, you just shot at this gigantic mule deer <laughs> and it was almost one of the first things out of your mouth was about the meat. And it was like the, 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 the giant rack on top of this thing's head was all secondary. Why don't you just kind of talk a little bit about, you know, maybe how you were raised to appreciate the meat just as much as like the antlers or, or make the antlers secondary. Yeah. So when my father first got me into it, um, we used to take the deer to a processor and you get the meat back and it's like, man, it just seems like there's just not enough meat here. Yeah. <laughs> you know, not talking down on processing, but so my father took a couple of classes and he learned how to do it. And he taught me and, and we're, when we butcher a deer, um, at our place, there's literally nothing left but bone. And my mom actually takes the bone and she'll make bone broth for her dogs so any kind of trimming anything goes into a, like a dog food pile and we have our, our cuts our steaks our jerky all that jazz and different pots and pans when we're, when we're butchering it but all that's left is the hide and um some bone and and i think that's where when i saw that deer laying on the ground i'm not used to seeing a 300 plus pound animal on the ground like man that's a lot of meat so yeah i kind of got me excited and then you kind of you're looking at it because the body is so big. You don't realize how much bigger they are than a, than a whitetail, especially right. in New York. Like I'm, we're used to seeing maybe a 200 pounder, and how big was that muley? Three, uh, 350, dude, probably. I'm sure he was over 350. I mean, it, it was it was it was huge. Yeah. I just never experienced it before. I mean, the first thing that came to my mind, like I said, was like, man, that's a lot of meat. Yeah. And then you start going towards, you know, um, the rack or whatever. But it was, it was. It was awesome. I, I just have, I still have a hard time putting it into words, but right. So now, now kind of coming back, then all right. So you got this emphasis on on the meat, uh, you know, from from your father, and that's just kind of the way that you you grew up. Now you have, until this trip, you had only hunted New York, right? Uh, yeah. As far as I can remember, yeah, New York's been my only my only. Uh, place of hunting yeah okay yep. all right yep. so uh i said hey man why don't you come on a mule deer hunt with me you came on a mule deer or uh you said yes okay so so now you've talked to the wife you you uh talked with you know you looked at your schedule or whatever and you said yes okay uh and then that was when did you finally confirm like about july of this year because we had to have or june this year and because we had to have tags in order by August yeah. this year. Yep. So once I once we confirmed, it was it was probably June or July when, yeah. we, when we finally said let's let's make this happen. And these and then, are the dates. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. And our, our dates were were flexible. We wanted to get it because um, I know you were you were talking with the South Dakota folks about they changed some regulations and whatnot about non-residents. So right. we had to get through that. And then once we got past that, we uh, got some dates on the calendar and. Uh, went from there and it was just an night whether me driving out or flying out however that looked and uh decided to drive out from new york which is you know it was 
16 hours to your place and then you know, 10 to 12 hours out there. But um, I think it was well worth the trip. You yeah. Know? So. so let me ask you this. Not really knowing what to expect, right? What, you know, once you said, okay, I'm going to do this, yes, what kind of planning and preparation did you do to uh, get ready for this hunt? You mean like physically or just, well, just like overall, logistically? Like the logistics, the planning, the gear, and then did you do any additional working out type stuff as well? Yeah, I mean, I had to. So once I knew I was going to drive, I was like, all right, let me get my, let me get my stuff in order. Let me get my, my toad out. What do I have? I do my inventory. What do I need? I know I need, an, um, I know I need a good pack. I know I need decent boots. I know I need, you know, some good base layers. You know, the forecasts were, you know, supposed to be in the 60s, but we all know that. It's going to change as we get you know further in the story, but um, but yeah. So just taking everything, uh, inventorying it. What can I use? What can I use? And uh, went from there. And then on a physical stand, uh, standpoint, just you know going to the gym with weighted packs or doing a stair stepper for two hundred flights and just trying to get your legs in order. Just I knew there was going to be a lot of uh, hiking up hills and not you know we're not we're not talking you know you know fifteeners or fourteeners out out west, but we're talking you know. 3,000 feet, but it's, you know, it's, it's a lot of hiking. We did a couple, you know, 10 mile days hiking right. and, um, knowing how big that chunk was, we were going to be hunting. I knew I had to get my, get my lungs in order and my legs in order. So, gotcha. and then you know, my upper body as well. So nothing crazy. I'm not, you know, um, bodybuilder or Ronnie Coleman, you know, <laughs> lightweight, <But>, baby, <laughs> lightweight. But, yeah. But, uh, you know, I had to get prepared. I don't want to be out there and, you know, wishing I prepared more i think i did everything i could to be to be ready what was what did unfold right all right so uh let's talk about the gear there then for a second right uh you said you know you're you're typically a tree stand east coast hunter whitetails we're gonna we're going out and we had these conversations about what to expect you know i was like okay we're gonna be you know moving a lot and then we're gonna be sitting a lot right And, and i think that as um as we got closer to the date that we were leaving, we could look at the forecast and say, okay, nights are going to be somewhat cool. Uh, days are going to be uh, warm, somewhat warm, you know. So we need to regulate our body temperature. What kind of gear did you have to go out and buy specifically for this trip? So I did go ahead and buy um, good base layers. Got some First Light um, Merino base layer. Um, some Apex, the Sika Apex system that I did have happen to purchase some windproof stuff. I did bring out my, some windproof whitetail stuff that I had, uh, previously that I was able to retool. Um, and then, um, let's see, like a puppy jacket, uh, for some, some cooler mornings, um, socks, uh, Merino, um, uh, briefs, underwear, um, yeah, it's basically for did, clothing. I, I figured I'd wear the same stuff over and over again because that merino stuff does not really hold hold stink too much. So, right. you know, you're going to be out there. What, what the heck? <laughs> you know? Yeah. So what about uh, tent, sleeping bag, uh, mm-hmm. pads, uh, that kind of stuff? Because like, our goal was to get out there, hike in, and hunt out of a camp. Yeah, so I, I did purchase a, a tent pretty good tent stone glacier which was i would recommend highly it's easy to set up it's sturdy it's roomy it's at nighttime it kind of like illuminates to where it's almost like a light in there so it's kind of awkward how that was but it was kind of awesome um the one thing i i need to invest in because the sleeping bag i had was 
just didn't do it. It was uh, only rated for about 30 to 40 degrees, and I was I was chilly at night. So right. um, recommendation would be to get a decent sleeping bag and decent sleeping pad because as we were discussing on the way back, you know, you're spending anywhere from 8 to 10 hours in that thing. So right. want to make sure you have a decent, uh, decent sleep so you, you can work the next day. Um, and, and get to where you got to be to glass. Yeah. Um, so and then so, go ahead. So so then from the uh, from the sleeping pad, the sleeping bag. I mean, those those are things that you had to go and invest in for this for this hunt, right? Uh huh. Yep. Right. Yep. Uh, and then obviously you you learn a, a lot about the gear that you're using while on your hunting. Um, and we can talk about that another day, but there was some upfront investment uh, in order to go on a trip like that. Um, was this something that you had to kind of plan for, or did you say, you know what, this is like a this is a once in a lifetime opportunity? Who knows if I'm going to be able to go on a hunt like this again? Uh, I'm just going to go get it. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't want to go out there and and wish I had a decent pack, a decent yeah. tent. Um, I screwed up on the, on a sleeping bag, which is fine, but uh, I, I I knew if I, I bought good gear, um, I could always use it in the future and repurpose it. I, I could use my pack for a whitetail hunt. I can use it for a whole bunch of things. My tents, I could take my son camping on state land in New York and 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 use that. You know, so I yeah. knew if I got some decent equipment, I can retool it in multiple ways. Yeah, and and not really feel the burden of the expense. Yeah, it was an expense, but. I think it was an expense uh, that was ha- had to be done. So, gotcha. Um, gotcha. Yeah. All right. So, so what about food? Um, you know, we were going to be camping. We're going to be eating out of a tent for you know our. You, you plan. You plan that you're not going to kill, right? So you, you're bringing in X amount of uh, calories with you. You're bringing in X amount of water with you and, and whatnot. Um, why don't you just kind of mention? Uh, what you brought in with you as far as food is concerned and, and then don't forget to tell people that you eat like a dog too <laughs> yeah so <laughs> getting to eating like a dog i brought about fifty thousand cliff bars <laughs> um, <laughs> a bunch of heather choice um mixtures i forgot what they even were packaroons um, packaroons um some other bars that i brought with me just because i wanted to keep it simple i know they're good um they're they're calorie rich and uh they're good so yeah and then uh for, for breakfasts and dinners i just bought some heather choice like the spaghetti stuff and the blueberry cinnamon uh breakfast meals and, and that was basically it it was probably not enough calories um based upon what we actually were doing i wasn't really anticipating the the 10 miles of of, of right of, of, of hiking and the amount of calories that actually is. But, um, yeah, it, it worked out for the short time we were actually in the field. So yeah. long term, if we were there for the full five, six days, might had to do something. Right. <laughs> maybe, maybe mooch off Dan a little bit. But <laughs> but anyway, that's, um, yeah, that was my, 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 uh, my food for the trip. It was just simple and I can eat the same thing every day. It doesn't bother me. So, like, yeah. like Dan said, I eat like a dog. So. <laughs> same thing every day. That's this it, is man. no joke. The dude had, I'm not. I think you had about 20 <laughs> chocolate chip Cliff bars, 
yeah. while we were up there. Oh, yeah, man. I had like 15 in my pack at all times. You, know, you never know. <laughs> <laughs> and I think you took some from me as well. Yeah, I had. I, I remember. I was like, dude, I think I need a cliff bar. Yeah, dude, here. I got one. I got you. You're like, my, you're like a drug dealer. Hey, I, I might be. <laughs> of cliff bars. That's it. That's it. But, uh, okay, so you now... You, you kind of put all the focus into this. Um, now I want to talk a little bit about the expectation going into the hunt, right? Um, I got some intel from a guy who li- used to live out in South Dakota. He kind of pointed us in the right direction. And then from there, me and you kind of went in and looked for high, you know, glassing points. Uh, we looked, you know, we went on Onyx and we started laying some, uh, you know, hey, this looks like a good area or this looks like a good area versus, um this is this is good access you know we can walk from this road or we can walk park here and whatever did you um what were what were your expectations going into this hunt my expectations were to have a good time and experience a new style of hunting with 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 a new friend right um the expectations of possibly killing harvesting an animal were like one percent like i i literally was like man I don't know if we're going to get an opportunity. I, I just didn't know. Like, I, right. I, I didn't know what to expect. And um, that, yeah, that was what I was going in with. I didn't really, it was just, I'm a, I'm a kind of guy that will look back and take it all in and take in a sunset or whatever it is. I like to absorb as much as I can to disconnect from regular life. Not that regular life is that stressful. It's just taking it in. Uh, when, when you have the opportunity to and right. to appreciate what is actually out there for everybody to experience if they wanted to. Right. So so you were going into this with just like uh, almost like a vacation, right? You, you were just yeah. you were just <laughs> looking to enjoy something different. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, and take it all in for sure. All right. So, you know, as you know, you, you drive your 16 hours to Iowa. Um, the closer you get to Iowa and the closer you get to uh, actually South Dakota where we're going to hunt, did, 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 did those expectations change at all or did you slowly start to get excited or fired up? Or was there, was there a specific point in the drive out there where you're just like, you just were jacked? I think the, the moment we started seeing like the terrain and yeah. what it had to offer, like you and I were like scanning the fields, like trying not to get into an accident, <laughs> looking for pronghorn, looking for mule deer, looking for whitetails. Like, man, that looks like a good ridge up there. Look at this terrain; it's awesome. Like, it's you're getting jacked up about it. And plus, being with with you, it's like you, you have somebody else to talk to because the right. first 16 hours was just me, you know. So, right. Um, and then just the in, in the anticipation of actually getting there and 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 setting up camp and the whole thing. It was just. It slowly built up to where it was going to – something awesome was going to happen, whatever, yeah. whatever it was. You know, it was just – something was going to happen that was going to be memorable. Right. So. so then once we got – okay, so we, uh, we're driving through South Dakota. It's broad daylight. We're, we're looking at all this terrain. Uh, we're starting to get excited. Uh, for me, it's when we, you know, we get into Grand Rapids. We, gra- we uh, grab a quick bite. We go to Cabela's, and I just said to myself, man, like for me personally, I wanted to upgrade my sleeping pad because I just had this foam pad that kind of rolls up. I was a hand-me-down, and uh, I laid on it this summer a couple times, and I woke up with, like, back problems. (laughs) And I'm like, I do not want to have 
uh, any back problems while we're out there, yeah. you know, sore back. So I invested in a new uh, in a new sleeping pad. I should have, looking into it now, invested in a different water filtration system. But it, uh, you know, we, we made a quick stop. I don't know. Did you did you purchase anything while we were at Cabela's right before we went out? No, I had everything I thought I needed. I, yeah. I should have. I was eyeballing a sleeping bag, which I probably should have jumped the gun on, but I did not. Um, I actually brought out with me like 15 gallons of water um, with a little pump thing so we can walk back to the truck in case of emergency. But, right. Um, but other than that, no, I, was, I thought I was pretty well prepared for it. So, yeah. so we get, we get uh, out of Grand, uh, Rapid City. We, we're driving south, and, uh, you know, we start seeing some game. We see some mule deer. We see an antelope. We see some whitetail. You know, not, not huge numbers, but, we're, you know, we're at – we're seeing them. That was a giant antelope, by the way. Oh, that was a that, giant. That was a antelope. giant antelope. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what what a Boone and Crockett uh, antelope is or what it scores, but I'll tell you right now, his his uh, horns or antlers or whatever the hell they are are were as wide as my palm yeah. of my in my hand. Yeah, huge. You could see that from the road, and uh, I'm surprised no one shot him. <laughs> He was a he was a big boy. Yeah, he was. Yeah. That's a big, big pronghorn. Yeah, and uh, so you know we're driving through, we're seeing this game, we're getting excited. When it really hits for me is when we always get off. When I always get off pavement for the first time, and now we're on a dirt road or gravel road, and uh, we're driving back there, and there was two cars parked in this parking lot, and I'm like, oh shit, man, I, I hope they're not hunters, right? <laughs> Come to find out, there's some people just kind of out there enjoying it they they come off the hillside and as we're getting dressed and uh getting ready and we had talked about you know how much are we actually packing in uh, are we going to pack for all five days are we going to maybe try to take these little intermissions back to the truck to get water and get food so i think what we decided on was let's take three days worth of food a couple days worth of water and if you know we need to midday we can always hike back to the uh the truck and uh and get some water so that was kind of our plan going into into it and so here we are at the trip the quote-unquote trailhead parking area get dressed shoot our bows pack up head out and uh i'm telling you right now that hike in i could have probably sprinted it i was so jacked i started getting so jacked up and it's not necessarily because of the of it's just that geography just speaks to me for some reason like the terrain out there it's not giant mountains it's not flat as flat as flat up top it's flat but then you know all those drainages come down into these valleys and it was you know, and, and, you know, fast forward, we, you know, we're up on, we're glassing some of these points and it's just, it's amazing. It's just gorgeous. Right. Oh yeah. Some parts, it looks like the surface of the moon. Other yeah. parts, it looks like a prairie land. It's just, it's a very unique landscape. And right. It, it takes a little bit to get used to it. Like you're, you're, you're trying to look and see what is familiar. Like you're trying to get landmarks, but a lot of it almost looks the same. So for me, it was I was getting a little disoriented um, trying to figure out where some spots were, but once you get used to it and 
you're looking around and you're trying to you know put dots on your onyx it, it kind of makes sense after a while but um, I'm glad you were there because I would have been lost a couple <laughs> times <laughs> I would have been walking in circles so. right right and <laughs> but, I'll, I'll, I'll you know no uh, hashtag no sponsor or whatever but dude if you didn't have a mapping system like onyx <sighs> that that makes it so much easier to drop a pin uh, you know, or, hey, we saw him here, let's come back tomorrow, or drop a pin, hey, we're going to glass here, or uh, track back and forth to your camp or whatever, or measure distances, yeah. right? Yeah, oh, yeah. It just it gives you such a huge advantage that uh, I just, like, and I, like you, you take away that, and I think there might have been a, a day or two where uh, we would have went up a wrong drainage or we would have had to take the long way around instead of uh, finding the shortcut that we took in. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And also it, it lowers your stress level because the right. night before you can make a trail and you know what your top was going to look like. You know, you kind of have an idea of what you're trying to do. It eases your mind going into it. You're not stressing over getting there. You kind of have an idea where you're going to go already. And it makes right. it super, super easy. So right. I'm glad we both took advantage of that for yeah, sure. Absolutely. So... so we, uh, you know, we got camp on our back. We're hiking in. We're looking for a good camp, camping spot. Um, you know, looking at the map online, I'm just like, okay, we got to go. Let's, let's, I'm going to climb to the top of this ridge. And uh, I want to take a look at what's out there and see if maybe, because I, I had this, like, unsettling feeling that someone was going to mess with our shit if we... <laughs> if we camped on this certain side of these rock formations. So I kind of wanted to get over and uh, I'm glad we did. Cause uh, once, you know, once we made the decision to climb up over this little uh, ridge or this little ro- these rock formations uh, and get to the other side, it just gave us an opportunity to access the entire Valley pretty much. Oh yeah. Yep. So we, Long story short, we set up camp, and uh, by the time we were set up camp, it was getting dark, yeah. right? Yeah, we, had, we were going to eat some dinner, but we had a massive meal beforehand. Yeah, we had the last supper. Yeah, we, <laughs> the, the last supper going in, which yeah. was, what is that, uh, burgers? Like burgers. Big burgers, uh, fries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and so we were full, man. We had, a, we had a, a good base going into the next day, and uh, we set up tent, and... Uh, come to find out that was uh, one of the what one of the two nights that we were going to be we were going to be sleeping there yeah. Oh, I had pre- yeah i had prepared to sleep in that tent every single night that we were out there yeah. and uh and what was that sunday night or m- saturday night that was saturday night saturday night yep. was the uh was the first night now uh you know setting up getting there you know got to make sure you're not stepping on these cactus I found that everything in everything in South Dakota is sharp. <laughs> I didn't get any of that. Really. I, I don't understand. Like this gla- this grass. I don't know if it was like needle. It might as well have been called needle glass. But I would just brush my arm against it, and it would just like poke into my skin. Or I'd put my hand down to get up, and and there'd be like these little mini thorns in my in my hands and in my uh, legs and I'm just like god <laughs> okay <laughs> it, it didn't hurt but it was annoying annoying yeah. right yeah, yeah. so you know we, we were dealing I would guess I was dealing with that uh, for all of the trip now 
we're we're recording this on a what today what's today thursday i don't even know yeah today's thursday thursday right? yeah yep thursday right yeah so today's thursday uh we had planned to be out there until saturday morning and drive back and we'll get we'll get to that here in a second but one thing that uh one thing that uh was cool the first night that we were there was the stars mm. were uh, just they were str- like gorgeous oh, yeah. I, I I don't want to know what it is but like you know around, even in Iowa there's a lot of that light pollution out there man nothing and uh, you look straight up and you get to see some cool stuff yeah I mean you uh, you saw some shooting stars in the oh, morning dude. right it was that's almost yeah. like a podcast in itself because <laughs> All right, so long story short, we uh, sleep through the night, right? And uh, I wake up in the, you know, we wake up in the morning and we're like, hey, uh, it's time to go. Let's get ready. Uh, grab, I didn't want to cook anything, so I just grabbed a cliff bar. Uh, I'm sure you had a cliff bar. I did. Right? So I did. We, we cliff barred it up for breakfast. And you're in your tent getting ready, and I, I was awake uh, just because it was 4.30, and I think our, our, uh, or it was like 4 o'clock when I woke up. And uh, I'm used to getting up at 5 a.m. at my house because of my kids. But so that was like so 4 a.m. Mountain time. It's the same like same time. So I was sitting there awake. 4:30 hit. I had to go to the bathroom. So I uh, went outside or got dressed anyway. Went outside and I was like, Hey man, you up? Yeah, let's get ready and let's do this. I see a shooting star. You know, I've seen him before. Nothing, uh, uh, nothing too crazy. And then I see another one. And I'm not joking. When I say this, it looked like a missile going through the air. I could see smoke. I could see light. Uh, I might, I might have even heard it in the distance. But just like this, this white flare with a long flame coming off the tail end of it, and then smoke coming off the back of it. So it tells me it was closer than all the shooting stars that I've seen in the past, and. It was vibrant, and I was sitting there almost in shock when <laughs> when I saw this thing go over because it was it was one it was one of the coolest things I have ever seen in my life. I thought you were stepping on a cactus when you saw it because you were like, "Look, look at this thing! It's <laughs> oh the coolest, God. it's the coolest thing I've seen in my life." You know, a sh- <laughs> and, and and most shooting stars are just like a yeah. This shooting star was like like almost the entire sky oh that's awesome it was nuts it looked like a missile going through the sky and uh i uh i got i geeked out over that a little bit yeah man it was i I wish i could have saw it i was you know i was fumbling around in my tent but right your reaction was enough for me so (laughs) (laughs) so then we are quickly introduced to you know we're dressed and we're like okay we had a we the night before we put a plan together let's make it to this glassing uh spot right above our tent and uh that's a good place to start off for day one and we were quickly introduced to i don't even know what i'm what we what we call it it's it's the it's the dirt or popcorn dirt yeah the popcorn (laughs) dirt is what we called it or like imagine walking on dried popcorn that's been held together by drywall putty yeah right very accurate yeah and try to walk up that and you slip and you walk up and you slip and we fought that we fought that for the entire trip yeah so i can't imagine and it was dry but 
I can't imagine what it would be like walking on that stuff when it was wet. Impossible. You couldn't. It, was, it would slide around. You, you, you can see the deer prints where they would slide, you know, two or three feet from right. them from them sliding, and if, that, that's that's deer hooves, you right. know. And we have boots, so that, that we would definitely be falling down and sliding right. everywhere, being slick. So right. And so while we're while we're climbing up these almost straight up cliffs, right? Uh, Dan sits here and he tells me, uh, yeah, man, I'm, you know, I'm not a huge fan of, of heights. <laughs> I'm just like, well, that probably would have been nice to know. Uh, <laughs> six months ago. Yeah, six months ago. <laughs> because we're sitting on some of these glassing points that are just straight down. Absolutely straight down drop-offs. And um, I would put the incline that we walked up on some of these uh, comparative compar- comparable to my elk hunts in Colorado. It's obviously not as big of an elevation gain, but still vertical and you're walking on this popcorn plaster type stuff. It is it's a little, little nerve wracking for yeah. me anyway. <laughs> so why don't you just share with everybody like we get up we get up to the top, it's dark, we sit down, get the spotting scope out, we get the uh, uh, binoculars out. Why don't you just kind of tell everybody what we saw as the you know as the sun started coming up, and you know what what not just from a deer standpoint, but what we actually saw when uh, when the sun came up and kind of revealed the layout for us. Yeah. So once we got settled on our spot, you can it was dark, so you, you had an idea what you were looking at. But once that sun started creeping up and that uh, that gray light gets gives way to more light, you just see like it had to be three miles oh. down the valley and all these cuts and ravines and different terrain and it was just when I when I talked what I was expecting what I was hoping to see that's what I was hoping to see yeah like that view that sunrise was absolutely stunning yeah and and all of a sudden like you know two minutes later Dan goes you know there's deer over here. Oh, there's deer over there. And we kept spotting some deer and it looked like all does, you know. So, but, um, yeah, it was just, it was, it was a morning to remember the first, the first, that, that first morning, you know. It was like, this is what I came here for, is to experience this. Right. Um, and, and we did. It was awesome. It was yeah. Cool. And the views alone were worth, you know, worth yeah. all the trips that, uh, that I, me personally take, you know, the, driving to Colorado and seeing all that and then, and then going to south dakota and seeing that and you know when i went to nebraska and idaho all those years ago uh seeing you know seeing those different views as well i just i'm a huge fan of of being able to take in more than just the hunting of the animal and although that's awesome it's you know the nature part of it is cool too because that same morning we saw what a coyote coyote about 10 10 deer uh, yeah, a coyote and about ten or fifteen, t- between ten and fifteen different deer. Yeah, you know, and uh, so, so we're looking around and we're we, we're on a good glassing point, but there's another big hill to our to the to our left, which would have been the south of us, uh, just kind of blocking half the view, mm-hmm. and so we're. You look at something at one angle and it looks safe. You look at something from a completely different angle like we did the next day and we're like, holy shit, we should have never 
ever no. done that. No. But we we said, okay, well, let's just uh, uh, kind of walk along this this face right here, and then we'll get over to where it's grassy over there, and that's where we'll sit and we'll we'll glass. And we looked at each other. I was like, yeah, okay, cool. Pop down, and, and we're walk we're still walking on this popcorn plaster stuff, but it's but it's flat right until we get to this face and we're looking at it and it's like huh it didn't look as steep now that it did but we had already kind of committed at this point Uh and uh so we we start the traverse over this and it took you two minutes it took me 10 (laughs) because i'm baby crawling dude it took me 10 minutes (laughs) it took you 30 no That's probably accurate. <laughs> uh, and uh, that, that stuff just kept sliding out from our, under our feet. And every single step that you made had to be um, uh, calculated. Precise. And precise. Yeah. And so we were just like, we, we, long story short, we both made it across there. Took us a lot longer than what we thought. But we both made it across, and we looked at each other, and, and we're just like, we need to avoid this stuff. We, no, it was a serious conversation. Yeah. Like, we need to avoid this stuff because we could fall on, on this stuff. So if we have to take the long way around to walk up some grass or some not-so-steep terrain to get to where we want to go, then that's what we're going to have to do because um, footing makes me nervous. Like, I'm not afraid of heights. But if I don't have the proper footing on certain things, I just get freaked out. I don't know about you. I can agree with that 100%. And, you know, both of us have families. So it's like, let's just step back and let's right. maybe take the, the less... Uh, easier route. A little easier route. Yeah, right. It may, it may take longer in the long run, yeah. but it pro- probably isn't worth it. Yeah. Yeah. So we get to the second glassing point on uh, the first day, and we see a couple more deer uh, way off in the distance. We're talking like a mile, mile and a half, yeah. seeing them through the spotting scope, and just trying to get uh, a lay of the land. And, um, you know, how long How long did we sit there? We sat there about, about an hour, right? An hour or so, but about 10 minutes in, we both look at each other, and we are did you hear that? Did you, yeah, heard some voices. Heard some voices. What's, what the heck's going on, you know? And uh, sure enough, about 20 minutes later, we looked down, and there's some hunters in the valley below us uh, working right. their way back towards a parked truck. So Right we f- where we thought we wanted to head. Yeah. Yeah. So we had to have a conversation with ourselves, and this is where, you know, obviously it's public land. Anybody can go on it and do that. So we're just like, okay, well, do you think that they blew out? everything it in this area and so we we didn't know we had these conversations we were having these conversations uh you know from a strategy standpoint saying okay well now we got let's let's try to find a plan b because we were going to go down that side of the valley that these guys were on and kind of take a, a different approach to glassing the valley uh but we we made a we made a decision to go a different route and uh, so we dropped all the way down off of this giant, like one of the highest points in the entire valley. And we just walk about what, another mile and a half, would you say? Yeah, it's about a mile and a half to where we've got to that glassing point. Yeah, yeah a, mile, yep. a mile and a half to uh, another glassing point that we identified through digital scouting. And so we walk up and I said, well, we've kind of 
already seen this side of the valley and we know that the hunters have been over here so let's go to a the opposite side of this it's basically plateaus right so you have these valleys and drainages they come up and then they're top they're they're flat for hundreds and hundreds of acres right and then they drop back down again into these valleys and drainages well you know we're we get up to the top having this conversation about where where should we start and uh i would say it's about 60 by this time it's 60 degrees outside yeah so all the deer that we had been seeing had kind of disappeared behind different structures and rocks and uh so that's like okay well let's move and see if we can't see something from a different angle we walk down this valley walk way up um on another one and uh along the way which was good and helped us out for later later is a water hole a seepage that looked like that it was there and not not it wasn't man-made uh it just looked like a place that uh, maybe water was seeping out of the ground and uh i didn't know at the time but I, I took my I was taking my pack off and I was laying it and then I was leaning on it to glass. Well as I was doing that, all of my water in my bladder that was in my pack had leaked out. Mm-hmm. So there was no water for me at all yeah. uh, that like that day. And um and I just kind of was like I, I look at my pack I'm just like man there's no way I drank three liters of water already and uh, it it had leaked out through through the valve that uh, I was leaning against and it was compressing it between the ground and the dirt luckily you had some and luckily we found that water hole because we had to stop at that water hole to get water or we would have had to go all back the way the back to the truck yeah. that first night yeah. so so I'm glad we I'm glad we found that water hole because both you and I took advantage of that uh, mm-hmm. throughout the trip, but we end up um, going to the top of this plateau, and we're like, okay, well the hunters were on this side of it. Let's just go to the complete opposite side of this plateau and glass this. So we get there and we're we're picking a, a place to go, and I'm like, okay, I can't see here. Okay, here's a perfect opening in between these these pine trees. This is where we're going to set up. So we kind of sneak in and I hear a, <laughs> and there's a freaking rattlesnake <laughs> about a foot from my boot. Oh man! And luckily he didn't like want to screw with us. I think he was just out there sunbathing. Yeah. And, uh, so he turned around and he went down into this little crack in the dirt, but I'm glad, I'm glad rattlesnakes give a warning before yeah. they attack because, uh, or when they're afraid or pissed, because I was re- I was close to that thing. You were close to it, and what made me nervous is we still sat there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we still sat within four feet of where that rattlesnake well, was. Well, I had a feeling he wasn't going to come back once we were there. Once, once he skedaddled, you know, I didn't think we were going to come back, but we did sit uh, right next to the rock that he was on, and uh, it was just the, it was the best glassing point. It was. It was a good We felt comfortable point. after a while because both of us took a little nap there oh, that, that day. That nap was clutch, too. It was... Yeah. You can't beat a good. We're going to take a little break from this episode and talk quickly about Vortex Optics. On this trip, 
Um, I used a pair of binoculars and a spotting scope from Vortex, and I am very pleased with how they work. This was my first ever hunt where I really relied on a spotting scope to see what was out there, and uh, I'm very, very happy and very pleased with uh, the glass that we brought with us. Now, if you guys want to find out more information about Vortex, uh, the the rifle scopes, the range finders, uh, that's another thing that we had was uh, we both had Vortex range finders as well. And uh, each piece of, you know, the, the, the binoculars, the range finder, and the spotting scope played a huge role. In, the, in this hunt and uh, I think that uh, um, if you guys are serious about uh, looking into some glass or uh, looking into some some optics you need to check out Vortex Optics uh, go to vortexoptics.com and uh, if you already are an owner of Vortex Optic, Optics and they happen to break they have a awesome warranty where it's this simple if you break it they will fix it for free uh, so uh, if you have any questions, call Vortex Optics, go to their website, vortexoptics.com, take a look at all the products, and uh, let's get back into this episode. All right, so we, we woke up from our nap, and then, um, you know, we did a little bit more glassing, and then we decided, okay, well, let's uh, pop over on the other side of this plateau, get a, uh, an idea of the opposite, you know, of the... Uh, you know, get an idea of this side of the uh, the mount or the the valley, a, a different angle of this valley, uh, and uh, we glassed there for multiple hours. That's when I realized, you know, I had a, a problem with my water, and uh, I knew that unless I wanted to go all the way back to the truck, I'd, you know, we needed to stop at that. Uh, you know, we needed to stop at that. Little watering that, hole yeah, spot, the, the yeah. little watering hole. Yeah. Uh, and then we're just like, man, we got to have a game plan for tonight, but we don't want to stand here where these other hunters had come through. Mm. Let's come back here tomorrow, uh, find this glassing spot. We'll come back here in the dark tomorrow, and we'll watch the sunrise on this different part of the valley, and uh, just kind of see what happens. Oh yeah. Yep. Yep. So, and just remember that in the story. Hashtag foreshadowing. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why I put hashtag in front of that. You like, do the fingers, too. Yeah, that's <laughs> such a douchebag sometimes. It's not even funny. <laughs> so anyway, um, we were like, okay, well, let's go. There's this grass field where we had seen a, a couple, like a, two does walk out of there in, in the morning. Mm. And we said to ourselves, okay, well, maybe we should see what's coming down out of the hills into this grass field. And so uh, we leave this, we, we have the discussion, we leave our what th- fourth glassing spot of the day, mm-hmm. and we start making the trek back to the original, one of the original or the second glassing spot. And uh, But we're going to kind of creep around a different side of it just a little bit lower to uh, glass this green field and uh, to see where we saw you know because there were some other mule deer does that we had seen earlier in the day on this hillside we walk the mile mile and a half to get to this n- next spot climb up the hill after our you know after we stop and get water uh, I figure out that my uh, watering filtration system sucks ass 
so that's that was a waste of time and uh we uh good thing you had bottles the pills yeah the, the, pi- the purification pills purification yeah. pills so yeah. it only took an hour to purify the water uh then i could you know start drinking it again and it tasted really good i mean it was you know no problem however we did see one of the biggest fattest gardener snakes uh, i had ever seen in my life yep. that thing was sitting in the water waiting for us i'm sure if i had one less finger it probably would have eaten me <laughs> it's highly possible he it, kept poking his head up at you yeah poking his head up and trying to <laughs> identify what we were and because of a standoff um so we get to the lap you know we get to our evening glassing point and you know of course uh, i'm the slow poke and uh, he's already up there. Uh, Dan's already up there at the top. And he's like, dude, there's like 20 deer in this field already. And sure enough, I pop over and there's all these whitetail does in this green field already. And uh, so instantly our brains start, you know, we're like, okay, how do we get to get closer to that mm-hmm. without getting on private? right or yeah. and so we had that conversation with ourselves and we're watching them and sun's starting to go down and, and at that point we realized man we don't have enough uh you know we don't have enough time to make it down there to do anything so let's just see what pops out and i'd say about 30 minutes before the sun actually went down how big do you think that whitetail was how I, I think you, it, you had it in a spotting scope. I, I was trying to use the binos, and it was had to be more than a mile away. So yeah, he was a big, big eight, big ten. Yeah, he something was, like that. He was he like was, an eight, nine, or ten pointer. Big deer, yeah. Big body deer. He yep. made all the other deer out there look small. Yeah. Uh, but he was a mature. I, from what I could see, and I had him zoomed in as close as I could. He was a mature whitetail, um, and you know, going out on this trip. You know, first off, we just wanted the experience. Second off, we just wanted encounters. Third, I think we talked about possible stocks mm-hmm. on some of these animals. Mm-hmm. And the fourth thing was to actually harvest something. And when you then we talk about harvest, like if we walked away with a doe, we were both going to be thrilled. Yeah, we looked at it. each other and said, "There's does over there. What do you think?" And we both said, "You know, maybe we should wait a little bit to see yeah. see what uh, see what a couple hours brings or the next day brings and go yeah. from there." So right, so. You know, uh, the first day it was more of a getting our getting acclimated to the terrain and and, and looking at the the area. F- you, know, f- you know, looking on a map is one thing, but going and walking in it, boots on the ground, is something else. So we just kind of wanted to get that you know that whole thing, uh, you know, get familiar with the the area. Mm-hmm. Saw that buck, you know, had a little talk to ourselves. But, you know, goes down, go back to camp, we eat. Uh, and we start, you know, we get in our sleeping bags and in, in, in our tents and uh, we're sitting there having a conversation like, OK, well, let's are we still you know, we saw all the deer on the screen field. Do you want to try to cut them off coming back up the hills? Uh, I think we both agreed that the whitetails, uh, the whitetails were coming out of the river bottom, which was private ground. Uh, couldn't access that. So we're like, well, let's go to the glassing point that we had talked about. And so we got in the got in the vehicle, or the vehicle. We got uh, our packs on, and uh, we, I think a wake up call was four or four thirty. Wake up call was four thirty. So that glassing point was where we got water. So yeah. hashtag foreshadowing. What Dan was talking about was getting back to that uh, that glassing that, spot that point, where, yeah. where where that water was. Right. 
So, so we ended up, that was a mile and a half hike from camp in the dark. Again, that was on having, knowing what the terrain was like, uh, through the, through the topography on, on the, the digital map made it easy to navigate, you know, and I'll be honest, that was an easy mile and a half hike. You did a great job getting that, getting that line where we yeah. had to go because it was. I felt like we we looked up and we're like, oh look, we're here. Yeah. So it was it was pretty easy. I mean, you know, four thirty to mile and a half. Yeah, it was a little hard, but you don't realize how far you kind of go until you get there and look up. Like, wow, we just did a mile and a half in right. about forty five minutes an hour. Yeah, you know. And the cool the cool thing about that is, I mean, it was easy hike, but the grass that we were walking through is knee high dead tumbleweed grass yeah right so imagine walking through i felt like there was times when we were walking through snow like powder yeah, that, yeah. that's exactly what i thought when we were walking through a powdery snow like foot and a half snow yeah you gotta you have to like pick your legs up out of it and it's not it's not easy to walk through i mean you know a lot of people out there is like jesus are these guys as big as pussies as they sound <laughs> Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, we are. Yes, we are. <laughs> but, okay, so we get to the glassing, you know, we get to the glassing point, and uh, we, we're, we're, we're set up, we're, tr- we're not skylined, we're down off the top, uh, there's this little knoll that we're on, uh, and, you know, sun's coming up, birds are alive, we start glassing, and we're glassing, and we're glassing. And uh, nothing's showing up. And I'm just kind of like, man, this is, you know, it, in, white, in the world of whitetails, they're moving this time of year right yeah. at dusk or right at dawn. Or, uh, you know, so it's, it's odd for me to see these deer show up so late this early in the year. They were coming off these plateau tops. I'm guessing there's good grass up there. That's why we're up there. At you know, 7.30 and the sun's already in the sky, 8 o'clock, sun's already in the sky. And that's when the, fir- the first does started popping up off this plateau down in a little bit lower uh, to where we could see them. And when I say where we could see them, we're on the opposite side of the valley. You know, we're on the north side of the valley, glassing the south side of the valley, yeah. right? Yeah. And I think it was just kind of a perfect, it was a perfect... Um, kind of a perfect storm because the wind was coming out of the south and blowing into the southern part of the valley which gave them the the wind right uh gave them the wind advantage with everything coming up so that's why they were a lot of them were betting on the south side of the valley Mm -hmm. and uh sure enough about you know we counted about 10 does 10 mule deer does coming off the top and then all of a sudden dan's like dude I think one of those is a buck. Yeah. And, uh, like, why don't you tell them, like, what you saw? Like, what what was that? The first time you see it, like, you look at the does. You, we saw at, to that point, besides that whitetail buck, probably close to 30 mule deer does. Right? Yeah. Something like that. So you're looking through the spotter at a bind. I was like, man, am I seeing things? Or is that a stick on that thing's head? Or is that a buck? <laughs> Yeah, but sure enough, it was a, uh, it was uh, what was it? what was that? like a two by two, two by two oh, with shit. tiny tiny splits on the on the, right? I, I don't know if that that I don't think that one had splits. It, it was, 
It, it was wide, though. Yeah, Wasn't he, it wide? It was wide. Yeah. He was he was the widest buck that we saw yeah. the entire trip. It was well past his ears. Yeah, well past his ears, but yeah. it was only a giant two-by-two. Two. Yeah. And, uh, well, we watch you know we see him we watch him drop down into the drainage and we're we're making a game plan to hunt this buck yeah so we're like okay here's the drainage we're going up and and uh you know uh as soon as he disappeared i'm just like okay let's keep an eye on him let's make sure that he doesn't come one way or the other uh i get out my cooking my cooking can i uh, make some coffee for us you know the whole time we're glassing the escape routes of some of the stuff that he went behind and uh, sure enough he could have escaped several different places but uh you know you look at this terrain in one direction and it it looks one way if you go 90 degrees the other way and look at it again it looks like a completely different area agreed yeah all these additional drainages all these additional cuts and hiding spots and escape routes for these to go so um we drink our coffee and you know we're getting ready to walk down and go put a stock on this buck or at least walk into the area where we felt that he went down to bed i'm kind of fiddling with with some things down where i'm at and dan's like man there's there's more deer coming off. No, I said there's cows. Oh, there's cows. <laughs> there's, I think there's cows coming across with you. I'm, I'm looking through the binos, and it's like, Dan, put the spotter up there. I think there's some deer up there, but they look they look too big for deer. So sure enough, he puts the spotter up there, and it's, was it three or four? F- four, four, three good, good bucks, um, and one decent one. Um, but and yeah, to us, everything uh, is uh, well, a decent yeah. one. Everything was shootable for, for right. our for our standards. What we, what we were looking for to experience. Right. So, um, so we had like we had a real small one, yeah. which was just basically like a, a like a three by three. Yep. I think just a, a real small yeah, three one. three by three or two by two, whatever that was. Yeah. Yeah. And yep. then there was three four by fours. Yeah. That all came out together, and one noticeably bigger than the rest of yeah. them body wise bigger Bo- yeah like you could tell he was big yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you can tell from a mile away he, he was definitely the bigger of older uh of the three that was there and yeah. whichever one we'll get to that but yeah yeah <laughs> so the, the 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 cool thing about this is just watching them use the terrain down to where they were betting right and and here we are we're just trying to absorb as much information about where they move how they move and what they're doing to uh to gain information on how they're going to act and how we're going to approach them once they go to bed um or if they go to bed yeah right yep so we end up uh we end up glassing them into into this and you know as they're coming down what were you thinking as they're coming off the hill i'm thinking of where can these deer be bedded where can they escape to and we're trying to look at the binos and and, and see where these deer are headed and looking at possible escape routes looking for possible water looking for a whole bunch of like a gamut of different options of what these deer can possibly be doing right coming down in our thought was they're going to bed but not knowing the area and what they typically what they do throughout the day, that was our first inclination was going to bed. So that's what I was thinking of trying to get an estimation of where they're headed and what they're trying to do. Right. So and they they 
they were on a mission. Yeah. They didn't screw around like the earlier set of deer did mm -hmm. uh, up top. They did some grazing. These deer, these four bucks came off of the the top and they knew it's, it's almost like they knew exactly where they were going to go. Yeah, cuz one one peeled off right away. The three other one, one peeled off left, one peeled off right, and then the bigger one went down behind some some moon rock, the popcorn stuff, right? Yep, yep. And then, like, oh, where'd he go? Where'd he go? So we're sitting there. We think he's bedding. All of a sudden, boop, he pops up, and he comes around the front end, and he goes down into a little drainage. Right. And let's just, let's just keep eyes on this drainage for however long that was, but like maybe 45 minutes to an hour. Maybe. Right, right. So the cool thing that this buck did, the big, the big buck, it's almost like he was looking for something. Yeah. Because he had, he he went up to the top of this formation. He, I'm not going to say he was skylined, but he was exposed. Yeah. And he was looking around. He dropped down behind this rock. He And we're like, okay, look at, you know, here he is. Oh, shit, there he is again. Yeah. And he was on the other side of this rock. He came out, fully exposed himself again, and he was looking around. Like he was checking the area out to see if it was safe. And, and. I don't know if you mentioned it or not, but we heard a bunch of coyotes. So right. I think he was thinking, looking around for coyotes, smelling for coyotes, and Maybe. seeing what might be down in there. Right. Because um, that, I mean, if you're if you're a deer, you want to keep clear as much as you can of that of the predators, you know. So right. Um, I think it was just double checking all his areas. He was, you know, crossing his T's and dotting his eyes before hopefully trying to get some shut eye. So right, right, absolutely. So the the next the next thing was. Um, he, go, he drops down, and then he, he kind of comes back, and he disappears again. But then he, but then the two other, two of the other bucks that were following him come down. They go behind this, this uh, rock face, and they stay down there. Mm -hmm. Well, he comes back up, almost like he didn't want to be bedded with those two other bucks. He goes over top of this rock face, drops down, and then ends up going... Ugh, uh, I would say another hundred yards and disappears into this drainage. Mm, right. Yep. Yeah. And dude, sure enough, uh, sure enough, uh, that's when everybody disappears. And that's when he was talking about, man, we need to, uh, you know, we need to make sure that we are, um, uh, we need to make sure that we are keeping an eye out on this drainage because this buck was noticeably bigger, not only in the body department, but in the rack department than all these other deer. Now, we didn't know how big he was until we actually ended up walking up on him. But we made this game plan. We're like, okay, we we scan the area. Um, we get all the way to the, uh, you know, we, we, we're scanning the area and we are uh, putting a game plan together. So we're like, okay, let's walk across the valley. Let's dip down across the valley and let's make it to that rock formation. And then we can start glassing again. And, uh, so we did that and that took us about, oh, we stopped and got water first. Yeah. We did. We took our good luck dumps. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we did. We, we did. We <laughs> took our good luck dumps and uh, felt light on our feet from that point, got got uh, some water, hiked all the way across the valley up behind this rock, these, this rock formation, and um, 
uh, and uh, the next thing you know, we're we're glassing this area again. Yeah. And just from a different angle. And so we wanted to, we wanted to take our time coming in because we didn't know where he was bedded or if he was bedded or was he just chilling up there eating grass or if he left the area we had, because we had it's such a the terrain is so difficult to see what's going on. You don't know if you don't know if he's left or what. Yep. And so, uh, so from there we uh, you know we got up to this point and it was one of these things where like I did at this point uh, I have no experience in anything past this right nope, nope, I, I'm, I'm just <laughs> let's do what I've seen on YouTube channels <laughs> that's it right that's it learn from other people's mistakes and what they've done so. right so so the uh other than that I think the the only other thing that we we knew what to do at this point was take it slow uh take we take it slow and uh just kind of glass and go slow glass and go slow and uh how, at, from from that rock formation that we were glassing at after we crossed the valley to where we eventually saw him that was like 500 600 yards or maybe more i think it was more than that man it had to be more than that more than that like a thousand yards yeah it, it was yeah it was a long ways right yeah long so ways. So we cut, it took us an additional, say we got there at about 1030 and then you ended up shooting him at one, one, right? Yeah. So from 1030 to one o'clock, we, we would pick a point out on the terrain, say, let's walk to it and let's glass, yeah. walk to it, let's, uh, then glass. Then once we got into the terrain, I said, you know, we looked at drop each other, packs. Like, let's drop the packs. I said, all right, I'm going to go up here and glass a little bit see what i can do uh, i think you were treating your water or something like yep. that yep i said grab your bow let's go which and we were supposed to do rock paper scissors on <laughs> and you tricked me on it so i tricked you a little bit but <laughs> but it all paid it all worked out in the end <laughs> it right did. it did so like what were you thinking at this point we knew we knew this buck was was we, there we were 90 percent sure he was still there right and we're going at a snail's pace, right. like literally a step, stop for a couple of minutes, step, stop. And you you were going ahead of me a little bit because you had the binos. I had my harness on, my bino harness on, but it just, it, I think it was too much noise and too much movement trying to carry my bow and make it make it all happen. Right. So I was kind of relying on you to kind of lead the way right. and, and to make sure that we weren't going too fast and we're making sure we're glassing every inch just right. in case we didn't see a flicker of a tail, an ear, a glimmer of a, a, a rack in the sun, whatever that was. So, right. And we, we took our time. It, it was slow going. So. Right. So we ended up, you know, we're, we're, we're trying to get, we're trying to see as far back into this drainage as possible. So not only are we getting closer, but then we have to take these backward steps and then ang kind of angle backwards, find a tree, angle backwards, and so we can look around and f and and see into this. Yeah. And we had the wind to our advantage the yeah. whole time. It was coming off the top, blowing in our face. Yeah. We knew we knew he was in there somewhere because mm -hmm. we didn't see him escape from the top. Uh, now, you know, looking at it now, he could have escaped yeah. out of the top after we dropped down in to go get him. Yeah. But we were taking our time. I mean, yeah. we were going slow. 
and um, and it was hot that day too. It was so really, it was warm, and you can tell a temperature change from where he was to when you're exposed out in that valley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so we were lo- looking deep in that in that drainage, looking for shade. And one thing that I, I I we found walking in there was this giant bed, like a deer had been laying there, a giant bed, and it was almost like. It was almost like I wish that would have clicked with me because I don't think these deer were laying up in the rocks. Yeah. They were laying in the grass under a shade tree or in the dirt, like not up, up in, way up in these drainages, right? They were yeah. kind of down a ways. Down a tick, yeah. And we, we were trying to make our way up as far as we could. Yeah. And, you know, finally I'm just like, we have to do something here. We have to, we have to, we're, we're taking our time. We're trying to glass one wall at a time, take a step back one wall at a time. And so we got up higher on one side. And I think ultimately that's what saved us Yeah. because if we were going right up the middle of it, uh, he, I think he would have saw us. Definitely would have saw us. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, we were, had to be 40 or 50 yards up from the actual low point. Yeah, above, above him. Yeah, above him for sure. Because we were we were pretty high, trying not to. I think our our knowledge says to go high. You yeah. know, and even if we didn't know you, because you, you figure that buck's gonna be lower because he's gonna be trying to stay cool and out of the wind. Because it was breezy that day as well. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, um, yeah. So you were you were still ahead of me, right? You right. Were, you were trying to glass around trees, backstepping, checking the wind. Just dissecting every little piece of that terrain, trying right. to look for that that little glimpse of them, you know. And then I think I looked back at you and I said, like, I motioned for you to come here because I wanted to talk to you about, like, what we should do next. Yeah. And I, I, I don't know if, if you were higher or you made a noise on, on a rock when you were coming to me or something. But as you're walking up behind me, you were higher than me. And then we heard the, like, something, not crash, but, like, stand up and go, thump, 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 thump. Yeah, a couple bounds. A couple bounds, and I was behind a tree, so I couldn't see it, and just, I saw your eyes get huge. <laughs> so take it, take it from there. So my eyes get huge. I run up to you and go, dude, there he is, there he is, there he is, and he's literally, before I ranged him, I thought he was 30 yards. I'm like, dude, he's right there. So I, I, st- I stepped behind uh, the tree where you were. I already had an arrow knocked just based upon, you know, like Dan said, YouTube videos. You want to be prepared for anything. So I, um, I went ahead and I ranged him. Um, it came up to 58 yards. I turned my dial. Hey, to... but, but it wasn't like that. <laughs> like... <laughs> I went so like, anyway. You were you were like, we were digging for rangefinders well, at at the same time because you're like I can't get my rangefinder well, out of my pocket. My my pack. I had my 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 bino harness on and I knew it made a little bit of noise because it was it's still kind of new because something yeah. I had to buy. It wasn't worn in, so I I put my rangefinder in my pocket with my tether so I can. It's quieter in my pants, so it yeah. makes so much noise. So I'm, I'm trying to grab my rangefinder. I'm having I'm struggling, and you're probably having a heart attack, dude. <laughs> Range a thing. I didn't see him, and I didn't know it was the big buck. The yeah, bigger, the Y'all. biggest buck. 
<laughs> and so I couldn't see what you saw because I, I didn't want to step out and peek. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And finally you get it and you poke your head out, right? And I get my range. Yeah. And you range, but you could you weren't getting a range. No, yes. I, I had to move around because there was a branch between him and I and he was in that tall grass. So what, I had, was, he, what was he doing? He was just standing there, staring right at us. Staring right at us like you know, like a, a typical whitetail would have probably ran. Yeah. But he, he's like I think he was thinking, What the hell is that bush doing? Yeah. Looking at me, like blowing in the wind. I think cause we were we were head to toe, full camel, face masks, everything. We were head to toe, you know. Yeah. So And you know, and he ne- had n- Never he smelt never us. Caught, caught I don't think he ever smelt us. He may have heard us, um, probably me when I when I went to go see you. Yeah. Um, and that's he just kind of stood there analyzing the situation like we were doing, and I was fumbling for my rangefinder and I had to peek out. I had to almost get totally exposed to range to range him. Yeah. I finally got a range on his head, and it was fifty eight yards. I I went behind the tree again. Turned my dial. Drew behind the tree. Stepped out, settled my, trying to settle my pin as much as I could because it happened so quickly. And I, I just let it go. And I could see the arrow just shoo, poof, hit right where it was. And what did I say? <laughs> <laughs> so this is, this is the crazy part because I'm standing. I can't see the deer. So I'm standing a foot away from you, yeah. like looking at you draw this because there's you. There's me and there's this tree. So yeah. I'm pinned in between you and this tree. I can't see him. And I'm, you're like, there he is, there he is. All this, all this other stuff happened so fast. And I said, you got this, buddy. Like, yeah. Yeah. You breathe. were talking about your, I forgot Just that part. Breathe, man. That settled me down quite a bit. Cause I was, this all happened within, had to be 30 seconds. M- oh yeah. Maximum. Yeah. And I, I'm, I, I'm not the surest uh, of a shots. You know what I mean? So it's like. I am, but I'm not. So it's like having that little calmness really helped me. Right. Like it really calmed me down to like, dude, once in a lifetime thing, let's just breathe, take it step by step. And you helped me out, man. Yeah. <laughs> it did help me out. So when you, when you pulled the trigger yeah. on your release, yeah, right. Yeah. I, it, it was cool. Cause it was cool to watch. Cause you were, the bow's moving, the bow's moving. And then the bow just stopped moving. Yeah. And then you pulled the trigger and I, oh, this is what I heard. <laughs> Like I, there was, I heard the arrow travel. I, I, it stopped making noise and there was a split second where there was nothing. I'm like, he missed. (laughs) And then there was the bam. Yeah. And, and then you go, I hit right where I was aiming. (laughs) (laughs) And I did. And you did. Oh man. Then I take, then I take a step out of the tree. Me and you are shoulder to shoulder and, and, and. I, 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 he, he dropped down low. I'm like, where'd he go? And he pops back he up pops again. pops back up on the other side and. He, he was just blood coming out of his nose. Gushing. Gushing out of his nose. And I'm like, man, I think I got him. I think I got him where I. Got I think him good. Got him good. Yeah. And he stops on the hillside and he's getting tipsy and he turns around. I was like, oh boy, I think he's going down. Leg, back legs get real I wide. I think he's going down. He nose dives into uh, like a, off like a, a cliff, dirt mound yeah. and he rolls off the mound and we look at each other and we gave the biggest bro hug ever. It was like we were totally in shock. I, I was total shock I, with that deal. I can't I can't believe that all, it worked out I, the way it did. Dan, it did. that was our first 
stock. First ever mule deer stock. Yeah. And we walked away with a dead deer yeah. in in sight. Yeah. That that deer probably went thirty yards, forty yards. Yeah. Dead within ten seconds, right? Fifteen seconds. Oh, inside ten seconds. Yeah. It was it was fast, and I, yeah. we. I put that thing right where it was supposed to go. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. I could not. I still can't. I still see the arrow floating there, arcing right in. Yeah. And that's like burned into yeah. my memory. There was chunks of his lung laying because it wasn't a pass-through, almost a pass-through. Yeah. But yeah. there was chunks of his lung. Like, he must have taken a big exhale and yeah. just blew the chunks of his lung out. Yeah. And then his nose all bloody yeah. up. And it just like, he's done. He he's not he's not making it up the rest of that incline no no it was so he falls down we give a couple bro hugs <laughs> you fine. you had to sit down for a second because you're shaking so oh, bad my hands were uncontrolled my knees uncontrollably like the amount of adrenaline that was pumping was insane right insane it was right. could not believe it oh, so <laughs> so then the next portion uh, of this, of this is, you know, we have to walk up on this thing. Yeah. You walk up. So from, f- from when we left the spot that you shot him to the time you walked up on him, I want you to like kind of take us through that whole moment. So just, you're, you're thinking you got to track the deer, you know, when you don't have to. Yeah. <laughs> so, cause it's, it's literally, we're looking right at him. So we kind of, we, we look for some blood, but it, it was kind of a moot point. We were just super jacked to get up there and as soon as i got past that low spot and up to where we were kind of eye level with them the body size on him was unbelievable it was it was looking it was almost like looking at a cow on the ground and just total disbelief on the body size of this deer and it it it, yeah it had a pretty good rack on him but like you said earlier I was more concerned about the body size of him. He was huge, you know, huge yeah. Yeah. on how big he was. So it was it was something that's going to be burned in my brain. And it's it's the, the walking up on him and, and having Dan there with me was it's just something I'm never going to forget. And until you experience it or lucky to experience it yourself, it's you just don't you can't explain it. Even I'm having, I'm having a hard time, lack of words to explain that whole two minute deal that happened yeah and i, I might need your help to help me <laughs> to because it's just I, I i it's just i don't know my first time doing it yeah. it was i was jacked up jacked up yeah there, so. there was i mean there wasn't a lot of conversation after after no. the bro hug i mean it was just like I, I you just like this. absorbing all of what just happened yeah you, you walk up on onto it and you know, we're not antler guy. I'm going to say score guys, right? We're not antler guys. We don't give a shit. I mean, we were out there to kill a deer. It didn't matter what it was. And the cool thing about all this is just watching another hunter appreciate the the process. Not, not the end result, but the process. And I thought that right there was awesome. You know, you, you sit down behind this thing, it's... You look at me and you're you, like, you, the first thing you said to me before you even touched it is that thing's over 350 pounds. <laughs> like, and I, I just kept going, dude, that is a fucking giant. Yeah. That is a giant. 
and a little bit little, little bit of foreshadowing we take it to a taxidermist right and she does her thing to it and mm -hmm. she's like that's a six and a half year old mule deer and yep. it scored 151 whatever yep. right and six and a half year old mule deer that thing was gigantic i mean i can't if if you're listening to this and you haven't been to the nine finger chronicles uh instagram page there's a picture of it there go look at it it's um, it looks like a holstein cow with antlers on it <laughs> it's nuts that's true <laughs> all right so you know i'm gonna fast forward a little bit because uh we ended, we ended up you know taking the meat off of it right there we yeah. de we we took the front shoulders off put them in game bags we uh, took the back straps off. i mean we took all the meat off we deboned the back legs completely mm -hmm. and uh and took the back straps the belly loins you know uh, as much of the meat as we possibly could off of this animal packed it up uh one thing that i think we both learned was that there are some additional tools that yeah. we need for a bigger animal like this yeah. like a pelvis saw uh, to try to break the pelvis um, to try to get um, you know some additional meat off of off of the animal uh, we need a potentially a different set of knives next time and that's something that I'm definitely going to be investing in, yeah, in is really focusing on on a kill kit a proper kill kit because mm -hmm. um, I think that would have made the entire process easier oh, yeah. uh, I want to learn the gutless method to where we don't have to take all the guts out mm -hmm. and, and stuff like that yep. but uh would you agree anything special about the the you know the breaking down of the meat no i mean it was i'm, I'm glad dan was there to help me um because we, we both kind of tasked it and kind of took it 50 50 yeah um because it is overwhelming to be out there knowing you have to get this meat back to a processor and it was warm. spoilage yeah so I was kind of stressing probably more than I should have. I get almost nervous to the point where I don't want to ruin any meat. I don't want to ruin any meat. So I'm trying to, I'm rushing things. I nicked Dan with the knife once. <laughs> <laughs> so so I'm, 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 I probably was going too fast in, in hindsight, but in the back of my head, I knew it was warm. And, and I just, I was getting nervous about ruining meat. I don't want to ruin any meat. I wanted to get as much as I could off it. So I didn't just, I don't want to waste it. So, right. Um, but yeah, like you said, some additional tools in the future, um, live and learn kind we, of situation. Um, we laid your, we, uh, laid your rain gear out yep. and, uh, put the meat on top of that for it to cool a little bit before we put it in the game bags. Yep. Uh, and then once it was all said and done, man, we, we skinned it out, took some, uh, additional meat off of his neck, put it in the hamburger bag and, uh, we loaded up the packs. Mm -hmm. We sat there and debated, did, are we making two trips yeah. or are we making one? Because it it was going to be our bows and the head that were left behind. Yeah. And everything else was going to go. Um, and I think we just kind of... Well, we uh, tested yours. Yeah, we tested mine. Because yours had quite a bit of meat in it. And my both of them are quite heavy. Yeah. I mean... I would say that at the end of the... At the end of everything, and once we made the decision that, dude, we're going one trip. We're one trip in this bastard. We're not coming back. And I'm glad we did. Yeah. Uh, we suffered for it, but I think I'm glad we did. And I would say that I, I'm, I feel very confident that both of our packs were over a hundred pounds yeah. and your pack, uh, your pack probably was just a little bit heavier than mine because you had the head on yeah. there as well. Yeah. And I'm a little guy. Yeah. Five, eight, one eighty. Yeah. <laughs> and that thing was up over a hundred pounds. So it was it was hard, and I'm sure some guys are going to comment and be 
What are you guys talking about? Try doing it in the mountains. I, yeah. I do that every year. Yeah. I was like, well, hey, I'm from New York, man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm used to having a four-wheeler within 50 feet of this thing. So anyway. Um, but let, let's let's walk that pack out because yeah. that, that was the very first pack out that you ever did have, yeah. have done, right? Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was, what do you think of pack outs? It was the pain was well worth the experience. Right. Because it, was, it wasn't, you know, up, you know. 4,000 feet up, down, all that mountain stuff. It was just a long, heavy three and a half mile pack three out. Three and a half mile pack out with 100 pounds on our backs with our bows, carrying our bows in our hands, which you don't realize how heavy your bow is until you're carrying it. Three and a half miles with 100 pounds 100, on your back. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's heavy. And it, it, it was, it's excruciating pain, but I kept telling myself that, you know, if I can do it, if, 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 what we kept saying, light, lightweight, like that Ronnie Coleman, whenever, whenever the power or the, the bodybuilder, Ronnie Coleman would lift weights, he'd always say lightweight, baby. Yeah. And, uh, just like talk himself into doing it. And, and that brings us to the end of part one of my South Dakota mule deer trip with my buddy, Dan Spano. Be sure to listen Wednesday when I drop episode number two of our uh, South Dakota mule deer hunt. Hopefully you guys are enjoying this story. Thank you very much and uh, tune in on Wednesday.